You're listening to Dancing Around Elephants, a podcast that talks to dancers about the elephant in the room, dance injuries. I'm Danelle Dixon, a dancer turned physical therapist, and I currently work with dancers helping them get past their challenges to access the next level of their dance careers. I'm sitting down to talk with dancers about their journey, their injuries, and how they have successfully navigated past the elephant in the room. My goal is to change the way we approach injuries in the dance community, and it all starts with a conversation. Let's get started. Hey guys, we are into part two. We're talking with Jennifer from Doctors for Dancers. So dancers, here are the questions we're going to be talking about in this part. How do you deal with pain when no one believes you? And how do you deal with having a bad teacher? So me and Jennifer have an amazing conversation. Take a listen. So you spoke about two ankle injuries, one starting at 11 and then one later on when you rolled over on a trampoline. And then yeah. you talk about a back injury. Let's talk about the back injury some more. Tell me about when that started, your experience in terms of the, the medical advice that you got. Um, and really interested to hear a little bit more about the idea of prescribing narcotics. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Uh, I, at 14 is when it started. And I think just the first time I, I just was sitting down and, you know, laying on my back and I just couldn't get up. So sometimes I would actually be on the floor for like two days. Uh, not because the pain was so horrid, mm-hmm. but going to, I mean, I don't even know how many x-rays I've gotten done, 20 to 30 for sure. Wow. Uh, yeah. Hands down. And for being young, I didn't know that there was any such thing as an MRI or even, either did my parents because we, none of us had gotten hurt. So we didn't know that there was another diagnostic test. Right. Right. So that probably could have helped a lot of situations. If we would have just ordered a test, they could have seen more, but on the X-ray, nothing was coming up. Right. And because I was able to perform a lot of the things of when they, when I came in, sometimes I'd be fine. Sometimes I wouldn't, mm-hmm. but when I could do it, I was flexible and you know, you could put your hands on the floor with no problem. And they're like, Oh my God, this is so amazing. But it mm-hmm. wasn't just what your body did. So yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. And then tell me more, how, so how did you get to a diagnosis? Who was the person that diagnosed you? Was it a physician? Yeah. It was so many providers. Yeah. Yeah. It was a a physician. It Mm -hmm. was, I I think my insurance changed. I had to find somebody new and his name was Dr. Brian Marks. Never He actually had back pain. He's from Chicago. And Mm -hmm. so he is like, okay, I have to do an x-ray, but I'm I'm pretty sure nothing's going to show up. And then I'll do an MRI on you. I'm like, oh, okay, what's that? You know, what, what is this thing? And sure enough, I came in and he was like, I will paraphrase, but he was like, you are messed up. Oh, wow. <laughs> really? It was like, it was like a nice validation point for me. Cause even my parents, my dance teachers, even to, like, I asked them a few years ago about what they thought of my injuries. I go, did you think I was making it up? And they said, yeah, we kind of did. I mean, everybody kind of thought I was making it up because nobody could ever find anything. So, I I mean, sometimes I wouldn't even tell people that I was injured because I didn't want to feel that burden that I I was a baby, that I was making it up. And so um, I have a couple of torn discs and a couple of them that were bulging. So I had multiple areas of my back. So he immediately started me on a pill form of cortisone. He's like, if this will help, then the procedure will help you. And sure enough, I mean... 
I couldn't get up from the couch in my early twenties. Like that's how like my back would be going out. I couldn't garden. I couldn't go to the grocery store. I couldn't lift things. So immediately when I took that pill, I was like zooming all over the house and I was cleaning and bending and I'm like, what is this magic pill? I can move. And so I, uh, I started on cortisone treatments and then eventually went over to radio frequency as well as it built up. So the last time I've had a procedure has now been probably over four years, which is my longest. Oh, and I know, right? And no, I have not taken one Advil for my yeah. back in four years, which is a long time for this kind of procedure. But I do have scars all over my back from all the procedures that I've gotten done. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. The multiple, it, took a, it took a while. It took years. But it's definitely, it's, it's awesome. There. I'm so glad that you're here now with us because that sounds awful. It really does. So tell me more about this, the psychology behind your young dancer. You're telling people, hey, I'm in pain. And they're like, okay, I believe you, but I don't believe you. Like, right? how, yeah. did that, how did that influence your desire to go on to dancing professionally or not? Like, tell me about that. Yeah, I think for me, I just stopped sharing it. It, it was really hard to, to tell them that I was in pain because I didn't want to disappoint them either. So right. a lot of times we did dance through the pain and I would just take, you know, whatever I could just to mask it. And at one point I was taking Advil when I woke up. Mm-hmm. I was taking it sometimes during school. And then, of course, I would take it right before class. I, sometimes I take four to six Advil before dance class just so I could dance. Wow. And then take it afterwards. So it was like a non, it was just a constant cycle of me taking Advil or Aleve or Tylenol um, just to get through the day. Wow. Yeah, and hard. So my, again, my last recital, my back went out. I, I, I mean, it was the worst one ever. I mean, all the stress of like getting ready mm-hmm. and I couldn't breathe. Like I couldn't even cough without it being a nine. And, but here I was, like I was teaching and I had dancers. And so I, I watched my last recital fully from start to finish um, in the, in the audience. So that was a moment of, I don't think I can move to another state by myself with my body. Keep giving out. Right. Right. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. I believe everything happens for a reason because all of that had to happen for you to be here with me today. So, and and for you to be building this amazing platform to be helping so many of the dancers not go through what you had to go through. So thank you. Yeah, but I'm glad you're here on both sides. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Now, going back to your experience with with the physician in in Chicago, were there other medical professionals that were involved in your care at that time? No, it was just him. Well, I guess and the pain management doctor that he referred me to because he did the procedure, Mm -hmm. but he was the one that helped diagnose it and, you know, have me go to this specific guy. But if he had back pain, I don't know if I would have gotten another proper test, you know, um, to be done. But he's like, I I just went through this myself. Mm -hmm. Again, I feel like that's why we're here to help other people is when we go through it, we can help someone else. That's what what we're trying to do. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And do you think that experience would have been different or would have been better if you had a rehab specialist on your team or another medical professional outside of just a physician and a pain management specialist? Absolutely. Absolutely. If I would have, if there would have been a dance specialist around Mm -hmm. that could have been able to figure out maybe what I was doing, maybe it was a specific genre that I was doing. Maybe I didn't have the technique to be doing the tricks that I was doing. Mm -hmm. um, Because I also did you know, tumbling as well. And I was a big leaper. So mm-hmm. maybe I had the height, like when I switch leaps are my ultimate favorite growing up because I just had that height. So, but maybe 
because I was always a lefty that maybe it was compensating for this side because I didn't have that strength. So maybe if I would have seen somebody that actually touched my body and went through my movement, they might've been able to find that it was just my hip flexors or it was this, but because I wasn't diagnosed with the simplest thing to do a different stretch or a different technique, you know, I, I really truly feel that dance specialists are magical in finding what's really happening with your body. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do think if I would have had somebody on my side and psychologically, that was super difficult for me to go to doctor to doctor. And then they, they think I'm making it up. My teachers make, it was just really hard to not be believed, but I knew the pain was real. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew that was real, but yeah, it was very, it was very hard. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You, you are definitely here for a reason to help young dancers get through this stuff because I, I guarantee you for everyone, for someone that's listening right now, someone has gone through this at, the, at least. If, if there are five people, three people have gone through this. I, I promise you. You yeah. know, like the, the whole idea of not wanting to share what you're truly experiencing or how something is difficult or how something is painful is such is such a burden on the, in the dance community. You know, like, it because we all we, we we put so much emphasis and pride on the thing on the end result and not in the process of actually getting there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So if if you're not on stage and it doesn't matter, you know your health doesn't matter after. Nothing else matters after. So you do whatever it takes to get to that end point, and that's the end of it. So, wow, right. it's that's a that's an amazing story. Okay, um, so. Just going through my list here. So what is the one thing you think can be done to change the way injuries impact dancers as performing artists and take us to the next level? Oh, well, I think there's so many areas. I don't think it's just one. I think we definitely need to work on more education, especially within going to the top, trickling our way down and going from the bottom and going up. I definitely feel like it's everybody. Now there's one person, there's one culprit. I think there's so many things happening. Mm-hmm. So I definitely feel education is one of them. Where, what are we going to rely on for our sources of where to go for this information? Cause again, I've been in the dance industry for quite some time and I never heard of these things. So how, how many other people, when I talk to them about a dance specialist, they've never heard of it. Um, we even just went to a major talent agency and they've never heard of I Adams. Wow. And they they are employing professional dancers all over the world, a big, big agency in LA. And they've never heard of a dance medicine specialist, a dance specialist, I at nothing. Wow. So we need to bring more awareness to these services. Mm-hmm. How are we going to do that? Yeah. Wow. No, yeah. that's very important. Okay. And what are three essential things that you think every dancer should know about their body to be successful? Oh, um, listen to your body. <laughs> listen, listen to it. Um, sometimes those aches and pains and those poppings are not normal. That's something that I uh, didn't realize either. I had a lot of popping happening all the time or a pain, and I just thought it was normal. So I feel that listen to that. Know that it's not normal. <clears throat> Besides your – sometimes you know you're just typically sore, but are they lasting more than a couple of days? Mm-hmm. You know, start following the consistency of your pain. Is it is it reoccurring? Right. And seek help. Let your choreographers know as much as we are afraid of letting them know. Let them know that you're having this going on. A lot of the choreographers that I talk to, they would much rather you come to them and tell them that something's happening 
so they can modify the choreography than for you to continue to dance on that injury and now you're out. Got it. Got it. That's interesting. That's interesting. Because it's not a perspective that we commonly have. We hear a lot of the perspective of the dancers. We don't hear the other end of, well, you know, how do you feel as a choreographer or as a teacher when, you know, your students are dropping like flies, you know, like what, what would you want to happen differently that you can help with, you know? Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's good information. That's awesome. And, and, and I tell you, it is such a thing. Like, I, I, I think on the East Coast, at least with the dances that I see, we don't have so much of that problem, but it's right. the, it's the weird variability of people kind of doing their own thing and saying, well, you know, this is my style and they forget all about the actual technique that they're supposed to be teaching. And then it's, it's the, it's the hierarchy and, and the power struggle of I'm a teacher. I'm going to say what I want. The student is always wrong. You're always lazy. You're always working, not working hard enough, you know, and really kind of creating a fear-based environment for these kids so they don't feel empowered to protect themselves the way that they should. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Elementary encounters, like you've gone to the doctor, you've been diagnosed stress fracture. Your doctor says, do not do any back bends. And your teacher is shaming you in front of the entire school that, you know, you're too lazy to do a backbend. You know, like it's, it's crazy stuff that I've never encountered. And I'm just like, I don't even know how to start the peelless problem apart. I'm just going to shine the light on it and see what happens, you know? So that's definitely something yeah, that needs to be addressed as well as how is the teacher addressing your injury? Yeah. You, yeah. This name, right, right, right there is, we need to do better as teachers and not shame them because they're injured, okay. you know? And yeah. The, you, yeah. And if you, that's happening, mm-hmm. go to another studio. I mean, before back in the day, you know, you have to drive. I mean, I had to drive a half an hour to go to my studio. Mm-hmm. I can now pick um, five of them that are within a 15 minute drive. So yeah. pick another uh, studio. If that's happening to you, they're not the best of the best. Like you want to dance in some place that you love to be in. Not where you fear being in every day. Like, yeah, you should have a little fear of your teacher out of respect and that you want to do good for them, mm-hmm. but not because you're being belittled and, you know, like that. Exactly. Yeah, no. I mean, I was afraid of my teacher because I wanted to do well by him and I didn't want to disappoint him. Mm-hmm. I was afraid of him that he was going to treat me like crap. Of course. You know, there's, there's a difference. And you don't need to be, and you pay them. That's your money that you're giving to them. Exactly. So that you're not being treated correctly. And this is happening in your mind because we've been to a studio like that. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's not fun to be treated that way. And it, it did affect us even, you know, a couple of years after we left that studio. Yeah. It affected us mentally. And yeah. so don't walk, run uh, from studios like that. Yeah. <laughs> Hands and- down. But it's so it's so hard to also enforce that with, with young students because, again, it's a tall order for us as adults to tell a teenager that they have to stand up to adults around them. And we have to acknowledge that, that it's, it's hard. You know no, yeah, the parents do it. Um, my boys didn't get involved in that. That was definitely my fight of the battle of, of what yeah. that was um, in a nice way. Um, but that's not up to them. It's up to me as a parent to be able to also teach my kids that that's not okay. Mm-hmm. You know, just because we're in a nice place and they provide really good, you know, play, uh, technique and dance classes, you being treated that way is not okay. Agreed. That, Agreed. that stuff is not worth it for us to have our kids in that type of environment. And eventually they lost a lot of people. And guess what? Then you take that power away from them anymore because you're not 
feeding their pockets. You're not feeding their ego. They don't have a bunch of kids right. that are dancing there. Now they only have five kids dancing there instead of 30. Well, yeah. what is that? And if they don't want to change it, that's their business. But it's also up to you as a parent and a student to take your child out of that environment. You don't have to put your child through that to be a star, to be a professional. Your kids do not have to go through that. There's a lot of dance studios and teachers around this world that will speak your love language and you can be happy as a dancer all the way around. Yeah. You got to work hard. You work hard. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. In this community, you have to work hard. You have to push, but you don't have to be treated that way. Absolutely. And um, just kind of even looking back and thinking of some of the things that you talked about, like it, you know, it's now have my mind thinking of like, you know, like there, there are gaps in education. There are gaps in, you know, what are, are teachers really meeting the standard that we want and we expect for them to take care of our students and our dancers. Right. You know, um, are dancers up to speed in terms of the things that you should know as a dancer to protect yourself? And our parents equipped with enough tools to make the right decisions to help their, their, their kids. You know, yeah. it, it, there's a big hole in just about every three of those actual buckets, you know. And we, we, we it's a very one-sided way where we pour all of this attention into a dancer, but we're not looking at the other parts of the team that make it actual actually functional and actually work. Absolutely. Yeah. It's your studio owner. It's your teacher. It's your parents. It's mm -hmm. your dancers. Um, we hear some stories of, you know, dancers stick together. Mm -hmm. uh, if you feel that you're being mistreated in any way, maybe if you guys stand together, you communicate, you know, nicely, you can still communicate with somebody and not have to come like this. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like sometimes, um, studio owners and choreographers that they're up here, that people feel like they can't talk to them. Mm -hmm. um, they're human too. Um, take that fear out and try to say, hey, you know, we do have some concerns. I feel like I would want that um, from somebody to come to me and say, hey, I'm kind of having some concerns about these things instead yeah. of them not saying it all so I can try to fix it or change what I'm doing. Maybe I don't realize that I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. Um, but then you do have those other ones that do know that they're doing something wrong and they are not very nice. So there, there's a catch 22 on both of it, but you have to, you have to assess your situation and see where you're in. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, we are into the quick round, um, wrapping up things after having an amazing conversation with Miss Jennifer. So Miss Jennifer, tell me your favorite dance move. Uh, the switch sleep is my ultimate favorite. It has that, pow and that height and that was always mm -hmm. one of my favorite things to do awesome and your favorite performance um my favorite performance was this dance called it's so quiet mm -hmm. and we had this uh super cute girl named Susie that was a star of the show and we had these vinyl costumes with pink and like this black leotard and we even had like props with hearts but one of our favorite parts is we had to like go around this circle with her mm -hmm. and she was just like talking but my back was to the audience so we would always like make funny faces or say inner things underneath our breath to try to get the other person to laugh yes yeah. audience <laughs> one of my favorite parts is like as soon as we got in that position like we knew like who's gonna who's gonna try to get the next person so that was probably one of my favorite parts it was a oh. super dance but that was that was a fun part that we could do that sounds awesome i love that yeah. all right um your favorite dancer and why Oh, well, I would, I would think I, I have to definitely say to my dance teacher, my mentor is still one of my favorite movers is Brian Friedman. Uh, today, he's still one of my favorite movers. Anytime he's on, I'm, I'm watching it. His 
intricacies and the musicality is like no other. And it's always different. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of great movers out there, but I grew up with him and he's, he's an icon for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, um, best dance injury resource. I think I know what the answer to this one is. (laughs) (laughs) I think that would be doctors for dancers. It's definitely going to be your resource for dance injuries. We're going to be starting to put education and more videos, Mm -hmm. articles on our site and, we want to be the trusted site that people can go to help with their injuries. And even if you can't find what you're looking for on our website or you're looking for something, send us a message. You know, we're, we're definitely open to new suggestions and trying to ways that what you're looking for in a resource for those types of things. Awesome. I love it. And um, finish this sentence for me. I wish I could. Hmm. I wish I could fix all the dancers that are injured. I think that's something that I would love to do. Yeah. There's so many out there and I wish I could fix you all. I really do. And so it's nice when we get messages from people saying, thank you for creating this. Like I now have hope to get help that for us is in itself. So yeah, we just want to help the community as best as we can. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So a parting word of advice and how can dancers connect with you? Um, A parting advice is, don't make dance all about the steps. Dance is so much more than just the choreography. Mm-hmm. If you truly want to be a professional dancer growing up, um, pre-professional, whatever age that you are, you're in it right now, is, is take care of your body. Mm-hmm. That, your, that is your vessel. That is your tool. That is what you're going to be making money with. And don't downplay the need for help. It's okay to not be okay. Mentally and physically, it's okay. Um, we don't always have to be perfect, even though we go on a performance and we do it with a smile. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have injuries and seek help in a lot of different ways. So I think that's the first battle is dancers knowing that it's okay to get help. Awesome. Um, to speak up. Yeah. Uh, I love that. It's, it's okay to not be okay. I love that. And how can dancers connect with you? Um, visit doctorsfordancers.com mm-hmm. and we're also on Instagram. That's where we spend a lot of our time these days. Um, we're not on Facebook as much, but we're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so definitely check those out in our stories. We're definitely getting out there and trying to have more resources. So find us there and feel free to DM us or send us an email over at contact at doctorsfordancers.com if you have any questions or if you need anything. Got it. And guys, I'm going to put all of that information in the cliff notes. If you want to connect with Ms. Jennifer and her amazing organization, that information would be there. Jennifer, thank you so, so, so much for talking with me today and sharing all of your lovely pearls, your amazing resource for dancers. This is awesome. This is so needed. As you know, as we know, dancers really take the time to check out this website. I cannot endorse it enough because it is an amazing resource. It is a thing that a lot of us have been wishing and hoping for. This will give you hope in order to move better, to move faster, to get rid of your pain, but also to realize that there's a whole community out there waiting to support you. So um, I'm so excited that you were able to join us. Thank you for sharing everything with us today. And um, guys, we will talk with you later. (laughs) Thank you so much. Have a great day. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks, bye. Do you have comments, questions, or want to share your unique experience? Check the episode cliff notes to shoot me a message. We want to hear from you. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and you've learned some new things and mostly connected with the process and experiences of these amazing dancers. See you next time.